Telling Tales from the Road. Pull up a stump. I'm Doug Wallace from TravelRight.today. Thanks for stopping by. Yeah, okay, by the road I mean the backyard with the Wi-Fi extender. But you don't have to be a c*** about it. So, my non-travel life is actually pretty okay. I've been enjoying the pace. I've missed out on a few things that were on the schedule. Bermuda, Bahamas, Oslo, Spain, some canal in Germany I've never even heard of. But I'll get over it and reschedule another day. My email inbox is full of travel news, of course. All stupid virtual stuff no one cares about. And every single hotel I've ever stayed in in my whole life is emailing me to tell me that they're reopening. Please, make that stop. But for your staycation or road trip, today's list is all about how to deal with hotels right now. Number one, familiarize yourself with the hotel's specific cleaning standards first, just to make sure there are any. Big brands should have this all down by now, but find out in advance what your hotel is doing to keep things clean. Check if the hotel is leaving rooms empty between guests and find out how they've reorganized public spaces to suit health protocols. Number two, use the hand sanitizer dispensers whenever you see them, just to make it an automatic reaction, particularly around entrances, reception, and high traffic areas. You'd be surprised how many people need to be told this. Maybe you wouldn't. Number three, keep an eye out for signs for employees and guests on how and why to wear and dispense of masks and gloves. This is a good clue that your hotel has an actual clue. Hotels have some tight spaces, so obviously keep your distance and wear the mask. Number four, when you enter your room, wipe everything down. Doorknobs, TV remotes, light switches, taps, handles, everything. Bring your own wet ones. We make a song out of it, as some of you already know. Number five, request that housekeeping staff only enter your room if you ask them to. It might be a good idea just to refresh your room yourself, unless, you know, you're a pig. Number six, here's a good one. Opt for a room on one of the lower floors so you can skip the elevators and just use the stairs. That'll work up your appetite and your heart rate and your quads. It's a three-in-one, a four-in-one. Number seven, smaller hotels equals fewer guests equals less traffic equals less COVID risk. I realize it only takes one person to make you ill, but independently owned inns and guest houses likely have an easier job keeping things clean. Plus, these hotels are the ones who need your business the most. Number eight, always call ahead. Hospitality people haven't been that great at keeping their websites up to date, I'm finding. Confirming your reservation over the phone gets you the latest dope on services, food and beverage info, details like that that will make your stay a bit brighter that you may not get just from reading the website. Number nine. Wow, we made it to nine. I'm surprised. Number nine is try to relax. If you're just going to stew about the virus throughout your whole hotel experience, you may as well just stay home. Not going anywhere? Why not bring your wishlist destinations into the kitchen? And your home bar, too, for that matter. 
jump off the stay-at-home sourdough bandwagon and travel theme up your Saturday night in some way. I've had the best time over the past few months remembering things I've eaten in different places and recreating them at home, or at least trying to, but that's half the fun. I've diced okra into my polenta to make Barbados cuckoo. I've devoured the international shelves at the grocers for French Guyana stir-fry ingredients. I've perfected coq au vin, so much that I'm actually coq au vin. I've even made poutine at home for the first time in my life, from scratch. Well, I bought the cheese curds naturally. I'm not bloody Miss Muffet. I've also been making some standout national cocktails. I've muddled limes for a Brazilian caipirinha, and I've muddled grapes and basil leaves for Miami's Basil 8. That's a lot of muddling. I've mixed mezcal margaritas, and I've made fresh sangrita, a tequila chaser. I've finished all the rum in the house on God knows what all. And my bottle of Pim's number one emptied into a Pim's cup with cucumbers and ginger beer. And when was the last time you made a bloody Caesar at home? Try to get some far-flung flavor into your routine if you can. Because a change is as good as a rest. I have this line I trot out when I'm talking about travel in general, like a mantra, so people will think I know what I'm talking about. I do, mostly. I say, travel is not about hotels and tour buses and airplanes. It's about people and stories and food. It sounds clever enough, but now travel is about a few other things, for a while anyway, namely family and friends and isolation. There's a niche trend for you. Travel has always been about escape, but now that escape is a place where nobody else can breathe on your face or touch your stuff. The New York Times is all over this, of course. So trend-watchy. It's calling for a year of outdoor trips, isolated inns, and private camping. The paper is pegging isolation travel as not only getting outside more, but getting away from it all, completely, to the tune of... Websites and apps that list private camping spots, a solution to overbooked government campgrounds. More hiking and biking tours, fewer walking tours, more private and smaller tours. RV rentals and houseboats, they can accommodate groups of family and friends. We're going to see a lot more self-guided things, including even renting your own llama to carry your packs through the hills of Colorado. Sounds romantic. This is an actual thing. Here's a fun point, though. Everything at the all-inclusive resort are contained, employees and guests, and that's it. So, other than eliminating the buffets and putting restaurant tables further apart, and only one couple on the elevator at a time, they're going to be fine. But, for those of you motoring into the wilderness, checking into a private mountain villa, or renting a tent in the forest, zero contact except for the odd critter, you're part of the new isolation tourism trend. So cutting edge. My partner Tim always gets mad at me for dumping on places I don't like, but that's the whole point of this rant. Like, why hold it in? I don't think it's healthy. I don't know why I'm picking on Las Vegas today. Yes, I do. It's such an easy target. I get these newsletter emails that are busy outlining a new normal for Las Vegas. That place has never been normal. There is no old normal. It's truly the oddest place in the world. 
Why do people keep going there anyways? So gaudy. So now, they're reopening with no shows, no nightclubs, no sports. So what's the point? Six people at the craps table instead of 14. That might be okay. Half of the slot machines decommissioned. Also okay. But I bet people will try and sit down and play them anyways. And I bet no one is going to wear a mask. Lapless lap dances. I bet Sin City will still try its best to be sinful. But all the hand sanitizer in the world is not going to wash that sin off of you, my friends. For now, anyway, what happens in Vegas is nothing. That's what. Oh, I hope none of my family is listening to this. I guess today's moral is maybe you should just stay home and play online bingo or something. Listen to your Celine tapes. That's it, kids. I promise I'll make fun of Atlantic City another time. I kind of had a fight with Atlantic City tourism once. Macau, you're next, but I'll be nicer probably. Poor things. Find more travel inspiration at travelright.today. Now with new destinations, new sections, and new sass. And please, don't forget to subscribe.